so welcome to our Now More Than Ever podcast, where we'll be discussing how COVID-19 has changed the world and how it's now posing a unique set of challenges within the workplace. And today I'm joined by the brilliant Indy Lachar, who is Group Talent Development Director at Robert Walters over in Singapore. Welcome, Indy. Thank you, Jo. Thank you. And today it'd be lovely to speak to you about this very topic. Um, we've done a number of podcasts now, and it'd be really interesting to hear your perspective. But maybe first off, if you could just share a little bit more about yourself and also Robert Walters, the organisation you work within. Yes, absolutely. So, um, as you mentioned, I'm the Group Talent Development Director here at Robert Walters. Um, originally started this role based out of London and relocated to Singapore, um, still sticking with the global remit. Um, around about a year ago, I relocated with the family. Um, and as a team, uh, we're a team of six uh, based across Zurich, uh, Singapore and London, and we focus purely on leadership and team development using a coaching approach, which is something we're really, really passionate about. Um, so when I when I sort of think about, I guess, how we operate as a team, we are just, there's some principles I'd like to share first, which is just being really strong believers and passionate about customizing our approach uh, for our clients. And this, what this really means actually, is we don't take a one size fits all approach. Um, we don't even really believe in, and this might feel a little bit bold to say this, but delivering large big bang leadership programs um, and promising the world to you know promising our leaders that we're going to make you know all of these changes to them um, we work with each person one at a time and we really take time to slow down before we speed up and that requires a couple of things so that might mean um, you know taking time to really understand what that person is about or what the team is about understanding what's important what do the stakeholders around them um, need and what are they looking for, what are they observing in that person and then really working in partnership with people to help them create the right solution for them. So essentially as, as an individual I'm just really passionate about what I do and the opportunity that I have to make a difference and and sometimes that, con- that difference is just one conversation at a time and really supporting people to be their best. Um, so that's just a little bit about I guess who I am and who we are as a team. Um, in terms of our organisation, uh, we are a recruitment consultancy. We focus on um, staffing, recruitment process outsourcing, and managed services across the globe. In terms of headcount, we've probably got just over 3,700 people based in 31 countries, uh, which is pretty phenomenal when we think about the diversity um, of people that we work with on a day-to-day basis. Um, but essentially, we're experts at matching highly skilled people to permanent roles, contract interim roles across many different professional disciplines. So that could be accounting and finance, could be engineering, HR, legal, banking and financial services, just to name a few. Wow, I mean, that sounds like a huge remit. And and you've already said some really fascinating things. I love the... um, your comment about focusing on the individual and really honing in on what they need and what's going to make that individual be the best they can be as opposed to a large-scale leadership development program which you know could maybe only just touch certain people in certain ways at different times so I I love that individual approach that sounds really um, bespoke and also I, I think what what's also fascinating what you've just said is about the um such a large number of employees across 31 countries what that fascinates me about is is 
recent times. So how on earth have you managed to navigate um, a global pandemic through in a global organisation? Um, that 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 can't have been any and can't be still any mean feat. So how's how's that gone? How's it impacted you? Yeah, great question. So um, I'd say we're no different to any other organisation. Uh, like most organisations, we've really had to adapt overnight to working from home. It's not something that was alien to us. It was something that was already very much part of our culture. Um, and luckily, we all have tablets. So making the switch from an equipment point of view to working from home was actually really easy. Um, we all have our tablets with us. It was just, I guess, about being based in a different location um, and that location being home. Um, I guess probably the biggest challenge for us is we're a relationship-focused business. We thrive on being together with each other on a day-to-day basis. Um, and our recruitment consultants have always been used to sitting together as a team. You're starting the day off with things like candidate review um, and spending time throughout the day uh, just connecting and learning from each other as a team. So making the switch to a virtual team, I think I would say, has probably been quite frustrating for some people. Um, but it's just meant that we've just become super users, me included, um, in apps such as Microsoft Teams and Zoom, as well as many other uh, technology platforms out there. Um, and I think probably the second thing that comes to mind is just thinking about our culture. And um, our culture as an organisation is, is really strong. It's probably the first thing that stood out to me walking through the door nearly five years ago um, in the London office. And it's just, it's a very magnetic culture. Uh, people come love coming into work because they really enjoy the people that they work with. And when your way of working has just been flipped almost overnight uh, due to this pandemic into remote working, keeping that culture going has required a lot of creativity. So typically we would have what we call internally floor wrap-ups, floor wraps. And that would be updates where we all get together, we'll celebrate successes as offices together and um, just share stories and, and have physical time together. Um, so during this pandemic, it actually, it was quite overwhelming to see how quickly our people just flipped to a new normal, as, as we've been calling it. Um, and, you know, thinking actually the floor wrap-up can still happen, it's just virtual. Everyone's got their videos on. Um, there's also been some other great initiatives such as, you know, virtual game sessions. I've even joined a few. I've had a little bit of fun outside of the day job. Um, virtual coffee catch-ups. Uh, sometimes even connecting with people that maybe I didn't even get time to connect with on the floor. And um, virtual lunches, quiz nights. Um, we've had uh, various people thinking they are quiz masters um, in a pub environment as well as lunch and learns and taking that time to take the in-person learning from each other and bringing that into a virtual environment. So just thinking about it, in fact, there's probably been more connectivity during this time in an effort to really maintain the great culture that our organisation has and, and really to protect it as well. That sounds like a phenomenal achievement overnight, like you said, and I love the words magnetic culture. I don't think I've ever heard anybody describe culture as magnetic before, um, but, I, but I can really visualize and feel the energy in terms of how you're describing it and the word magnetic I think describes it beautifully in terms of people drawn to 
you know, working with other people and wanting to be around the people they're working with. And obviously that has therefore caused some frustrations, but actually overnight you've managed to get um, a lot of virtual communication. Sounds like it's been absolutely key to you all. And um, how would you describe the culture now then, you know, in terms of that virtual move rather than being in the office where it was absolutely magnetic? Because it is... I think it's more challenging remotely. Yeah. So, but I can see the thing, or I can hear the things that you're putting in place to perhaps enable as, mug, as much magnetic um, forces as possible. But how would you describe it now, now it's more remote? Do you know, honestly, it feels the same. Um, there, isn't, there isn't anyone that I know, I mean, uh, just to reword that, I guess, there is... There are so many people that I know I could just pick up the virtual phone to, dial them on Teams, message them on Teams. There's so many different communication platforms. You know, people use WhatsApp messaging, um, emails, obviously, as well, or just picking up the phone and having a human conversation. Um, so I would, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't feel like it's changed. I feel like the culture is still the same um, and the connectivity. Um, people are really wanting to hold on and protect it. It's something that's part of our, we call it our DNA at Robert Walters, and um, it's still very much there. And I'd say probably one thing that has stood out to me more so than any anything else is just the level of empathy our people have shown each other um, and just being human. You know, everyone I heard the other day, I think I heard something in a podcast around everyone's got their own version of of a crisis right now. There's obviously the, the crisis that this whole world is going through. But what that looks like on a micro scale um, is different for everyone. And I think now more than ever, people have taken the time to just listen, be present, you know, ask questions, and really tune into uh, where people's heads are at. And so, so for me, you know, the answer to that question might seem strange, but it hasn't, it hasn't changed. If anything, I think it's become stronger. Phenomenal. And listening to what you're saying, I, I can imagine, you know, how how fabulous it must be to work at Robert Walters because you're describing all the great human aspects of, of working for a great organisation and being part of a great team. What would you say your key learnings have been then through recent times? Uh, so for me personally or for us as an organisation? Um, both, if possible. Yeah, okay. So let me start let me start with me. So I think for me individually, um, probably the biggest learning is uh, just doing more of what we are already doing and realizing actually the real again talking about the human approach, just the human impact. So our team uses coaching in pretty much all of our work um, and just giving people time and space to think during this time. Um, has been so valuable and how can we do more of that yeah. we've seen the impact that it's had on leaders um, across the globe and really dialing that up um, and yeah and continuing that work I think is probably something uh, we'd really like to focus on um, in addition to that really taking care of ourselves as well so in order for us as a team to be there for for our people making sure that we are taking care of, of ourselves individually looking after our mindset our well-being um, and it's so easy when you're in the office you know you spend time in your daily commute going into work out of work doing the doing in the office um, and before you know it days roll into into weeks weeks roll into months 
but for us as a team and, and, and me me as well included in that we've had time to just reflect and think about actually how can we make sure that we're bringing our best selves into the work that we're doing because that's really important we're here in service of other people and starts with taking care of ourselves right absolutely as well so yeah that, that's what i would say the learnings are for me individually for us as an organization it's probably not hugely different i think people have realized and, and have had time now to really think and reflect and realize the benefits of that so when you start to think about it from an organizational level actually having those conversations that you know we just never had time as an organization we were so busy as most organizations probably were just doing and getting through the doing but actually just taking time to just be take time to reflect think about what are the opportunities um, within this time how can we support the candidates and clients that we serve even better than today you know we focus so so much on the human relationship of what we do and the role that we play in society to support people with probably what's one of the biggest changes in their life you know changing job i think is up there with with getting married and, and moving house and, and all of those changes so the, the role that we've we've played in that is there's also been an opportunity to think about how can we do that even better bigger and better going into the future um while still trained staying true to the core of who we are um so yeah it's taking time to think and reflect at an individual level as well as um, at an organizational level there's been some phenomenal examples of innovation creativity bravery uh, people being adventurous with different technologies um, now's been the time to try it out and, and fail fast or learn fast and succeed fast right as well definitely <laughs> So it's really sounding like, you know, you've used the word human uh, a number of times now and, and this came out in, a, in another recent podcast about we've all been busy, you know, humans that have been busy doing things as opposed to being and you've just exactly said the same thing, um, you know, how important that human element has, has, seems to have really bubbled to the fore throughout this recent and the recent times and current times as well. We can't forget that, you know, everything's back to normal because it's not. But, you know, I can really hear that strong human side the 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 like you said before the magnetic culture but also the importance of self-care making sure individuals are right so that they can, you you guys can serve other people but you've got to look after yourselves first and that's again where coaching i guess comes in all the time having the the ability to have those great conversations the empathetic yeah. conversations recognizing the human being in other people is really where coaching i think is magical to be fair because you know taking that time out to to ask somebody else questions and and you know really build that level of trust and care you know that natural human care that is in so many of us and that's where coaching i think is 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 phenomenal and it sounds like it's so important to you as an organization too which is brilliant yeah absolutely so in terms of going forward then based on recent learnings based on everything that's gone gone on what do you think needs to be different in the workplace now and in the future what are the things you want to capture i guess and the bits that perhaps you want to lose from before yeah this is a great question um mainly because the timing of it is just brilliant we've just been talking actually as a team um about our role um in in this and, and what does need to be different so i've got some um, i've got some ideas at the forefront uh, which I'll which I'll bring in. I think there's probably I would say probably five key things is what I would start with. So probably the first thing taps into what you've just mentioned about having a more human 
and compassionate approach, bringing empathy into work. Um, and this really needs to be role modelled from the top. You know, we hear so many examples in the work that we do, start from the top, start from the top, um, but actually genuinely connecting to where the energy is at the top and, and responding to that um, and bringing, um, uh, yeah, bringing a coaching approach even into your conversations when, when you're connecting with people. So I think just having a human and, and compassionate approach is really, really important. And from a leadership point of view, uh, what needs to be different is leaders just leading with emotional intelligence. And, and this isn't academic. This is about them really being in tune with themselves as a starting point. Where are their heads at? How are they feeling? And actually, how what does that mean in terms of how it's going to show up uh, for them as a leader um, and the impact that they're going to have people around them and being in tune with people around them as well. So, um, you know, I mentioned before, everyone's experienced this crisis in a different way. And... I think leaders need to spend time just really meeting their people where they are with empathy. Um, and that's going to be the key differentiator uh, to employee buy-in going forward in the workplace. Um, so authentic leadership, I think, I think is, is big. And, and there's been so much written about it. Um, I feel like during this time of COVID, it's, it's kind of come to the forefront in our line of work. Um, and I really hope that... Um, that people just stop and pause and really think about what that means means for them. Um, then I'd say uh, the second piece is probably around communication. So where everyone's been locked up in you know different places, working from home and remote working environments, communication has been the thing that's kept us together. And that, this isn't always you know big town halls from the CEO. It's it's the daily touch points and the contact that we have with each other. And I think. Um, if anything, probably organisations have tried to dial up their communication during this time um, at a micro and a macro level um, internally. And this is something we, I think we need to keep going forward. You know, people, things are moving at pace. Who knows when this, this crisis is going to end? Um, so ensuring that communication is really open and transparent, I think, will really help uh, organisations to take their people on the journey with them. So just being clear on expectations, ensuring it's two-way, um, and really turning this, this crisis into an opportunity to strengthen their culture by communication, by increasing the engagement of their people, and identifying the opportunities for change over the long term, I think, I think will be key. Um, my third piece links to relationships. And, you know, we, we hear it all the time. We spend more time at work with people with people at work than we do with our you know our partners our families so even our friends to a certain extent and uh, you know it'd be nice to just take time to think about how often do we actually build genuine relationships with those people around us at work um and if we're in, in a place where you know again who knows how long this is going to last for if we're in a place where our workforce is even workforce is even more disparate um than it is today and we're not going to be together on an office floor um, together anytime soon. Well, how do we really focus on building those genuine relationships from the outset and keeping it alive? Again, goes back to taking a more human approach. It's, it's important now more than ever, is what I would say. Um, and then my fourth point is around development. So, um, again, in the line of work that we're in, I think it's just so easy for L&D teams, talent development teams, learning and development teams to just do stuff to people. And this has been something that I've just been passionate about 
and from the start of my career and I've sometimes you know just taken moments on my own to just think I just don't agree with uh, LND and TD just you know, do delivering stuff to people and rolling out courses and training and promising people that they're going to drive the biggest change ever and make them amazing managers or leaders and actually I think now is the time for people to take a person-led approach an individual approach to development and encourage our people you know in our organizations to own it themselves this isn't about an organization doing stuff to you and developing you this is about actually taking time to think about what's important to them you know where do they want to invest their time what do they need development wise how are they going to get there and I think again I've heard lots of stories internally as well as externally that people have taken this time as an opportunity to really think about their development and and what that needs to look like rather than just following the status quo um, or you know what the internal org chart dictates potentially Um, and then finally I would say the piece around technologies is probably my biggest stretch just adjusting to different technologies I tend to be quite traditional and old school um, but being open to different technologies um, you know and, and adjusting to that and being adventurous in that space I think you know personally I would say I've had more intimate uh, conversations coaching conversations over zoom than I've probably had in person sometimes uh, during this period of time so um, just being open to different technology I think will be really key as well Wow, thank you so much, Indy, for those five great points. And and I think, you know, not a single one of them could be disputed. And I think you're right, the the key things that have come out of, of recent times are, are are absolutely those and I, I love the um the the development side and focusing on individuals and, and actually recognising that it's not just about spoon feeding stuff. Um, you know, it's it's actually about focusing on what does that individual and encouraging them to own their own self development. And I think that can sometimes be a challenge for challenge for individuals to know kind of a little bit they don't know what they don't know so I think there's got to be some sort of skill there in leaders and managers to to support those individuals in those conversations to really identify with them I guess what the art of the possible is and how you know how how much are they um how big are they dreaming I guess to knowing what they need to achieve and where they can access the right learning solutions whatever they may be yeah so in terms of the differences, obviously there's a lot there, which is which is you know getting all those things right to go forward will be significant, and obviously you're already coming from a, a really positive place and a great culture. What would you see as being the potential greatest challenges? Yeah, so um, the greatest challenges, I'd say, patience is probably the first thing. So um, we. I, not us uniquely as an organization but I say we as we as people have been used to just leading and managing in a certain way and just doing what we've always done and thinking that that will produce success Um, and I think for us to evolve into you know whatever this new normal or or what's right for each organization might look like it's going to take patience and it might require people to unlearn a way of, of how they've been in the past and really be open-minded um, and adopt a growth mindset to, you know, what, what the future could look like. Um, and viewing it, you know, there's one um, comment I've heard one of our leaders use several times around, we're, on, we're in a marathon, not a sprint. So taking time to really understand what's needed yeah. um, and thinking about 
how a leader can show up, how you can show up and support people around you will require some time to think and some patience and just being aware of and in tune of the benefits that, that these sorts of um, changes or adaptations can really have as well. I then say, kind of from a leadership point of view, from a management point of view, I would say, uh, secondly, just being present um, and not being task-based. And this is so easy to say, so easy to say, but just really being there in the moment and listening actively. It's it's so easy for us to, uh, the, other, the other term that we use quite frequently internally is around listening to understand rather than listening to respond and not queuing up for that response in the conversation and to be truly present I think is um, is something that we're just not used to doing in organisations in the corporate environment it's always focused around what's the next thing to do the next task to be delivered um, and working at pace um, but being present I think will be really important um, and then connected to that also just taking time to think uh, as well you know weekly thinking or reflection time uh, our most successful leaders internally are the ones that have that habit absolutely nailed it's part of their you know it's almost like brushing your teeth in the morning it's that that discipline and commitment that is part of their their daily or weekly regime um, that exists and maybe just asking themselves three questions what's been great this week um, what's what's been difficult and what needs to be different yeah. going forward um, so I think it might be a slightly different response to maybe what you expected, but I think the challenges are really focused around people showing up in a slightly different way rather than just getting on that treadmill of activity and doing, is what I would say. And, and I totally buy into everything that you're saying. You, you're absolutely speaking my language there and, and everything you've just said there, I, I suppose, goes back to your very, very earliest point, which was about slowing down to speed up you know, taking that time to reflect and think, you know, if peop more people stopped to think and reflect, actually things could be different going forward and, and which often results in greater outcomes, you know, more successful achievements, whatever that may be. Um, but also just feeling that more, um, a greater sense of achievement at work um, and at home, I guess, in terms of slowing down to speed up. And, and you know, for me, coaching unlocks that, doesn't it? it it's that, you know, yeah. those coaching conversations day in and day out, asking people, you know, either people doing it for themselves, that self-reflection time, or, or leaders and line managers asking their teams, what's gone well, what's been, you know, what's been tough this week and what we're going to do differently. Actually, let's stop and think and, and let's enjoy that thinking time. Um, so I totally, totally get that and, and how important it is. And the being present, I absolutely love that and the active listening. I think, it, you know, I mean, for me, this is this has got the word coaching, absolutely the red thread throughout it all for the things yeah. that you're describing. Um, but in terms of that, I mean... It's not always easy, is it, for leaders and line managers? You know, we can't just flick a switch and go, right, guys, you know, how it's all been before. We've all been busy doing. We've all been rushing around. You know, we're all, you know, very, very busy. But actually, let's stop. Let's pause. Let's start listening more. Let's be present more. Let's really focus on our human self, our compassionate side. Let's be more emotionally intelligent. How are you going to bring your leaders and managers along on that journey? Yeah, so that's a wonderful cue for our team <laughs> internally, is what I'd say. Yeah. So um, so as a team, we, we focus purely on this. 
Um, like I said, we don't believe in rolling out large-scale programs or doing lots of training to people. Um, we focus on just being really present with those people that want to commit the time to it and helping them really facilitate the change that they want to make. Um, so I think this is, you know, if there's one, one um, I'd say, plea that I have to other talent development teams, um, wherever they might be based, is taking the responsibility that we have really seriously um, and, and pursuing that actively by, by using a coaching approach. Um, so how have, how have we done it so far? So we actually, during um, COVID, during this period, um, as soon as we noticed that slowly um, some of our offices, and it all happened at a different pace across the world, but people were starting to flip to remote working and it was looking like it didn't have an end date. We didn't have clarity as to how long this was going to last. We then started to notice uh, the challenges people were having just from purely a mindset point of view of, well, you know, I've, I've worked from home before, but I've not done it, you know, 100% of my time. And um, especially from a management and a leadership point of view, how do I really stay present for my team when I'm not with them day to day? And that's what I'm used to doing. So as a team, we um, pressed the bravery button and launched a uh, virtual coaching offering to anyone overnight there was no selection process um we we i have to admit now looking back on it we didn't even know if we could meet the demand we didn't even know what the demand would be uh, but we offered it out globally uh, to all of our managers and leaders um without bias and the response was phenomenal and what we did during that time actually was just to help leaders and managers really take time to think um, and help them to think about within all of this What's the one thing that's most important to them right now? If they were to wave a magic wand, what, what would they need help with? What's the one conversation that they'd love to have with their team? How do they, their, how do they want their team to be during this time? How do, they want, how do they themselves want to be during this time? So we created space, and I'm not talking big chunks of time. We had really powerful coaching conversations, sometimes just in 60 minutes. Um, and that was it, just 60 minutes with one person to really help set themselves up for success. What then happened um, quite quickly off the back of that is a lot of our um, internal clients then said, well, we want to do what you're doing, but for our people. So how do we take that? And it's been fairly organic uh, because up until now, you know, we've had a demand list that we've actioned, we've had specific leaders that we've worked with, and a lot of that work still continues. Um, but people have now had accelerated access to um, our team and, and the principles of coaching, which you know, I'd love to say it's a dark art, and it's not. <laughs> it's mm. absolutely not. Um, and really playing in that space, but with comfort because they've experienced it themselves. And um, so if I am to leave a legacy behind, it's, it's, it's that. It's to be able to build that coaching muscle in, in all of our leaders and for it to just be our way of being as an organization and within that lies the opportunity for people to you know be their whole selves for people to show up and feel empowered for people to feel truly heard for the first time um and to be able to contribute to contribute to the big bigger purpose and the bigger um, you know the bigger meaning of the organization as well um so the impact has been felt um almost quite accidentally actually um, at a much larger scale than what probably what we would have had in a normal world uh, this year. 
This sounds truly phenomenal, Indy, to be fair, you know, but it sounds like you're building many coaching muscles there, to be fair. It sounds like you've got, you've got a real coaching workout going on, which is, which is fabulous because, you know, when we've researched organizations that have really truly got a coaching culture, you know, the benefits versus those organizations that, that haven't, you're just phenomenal. They're just so, you know, much more engaged employees, better you know, way of being, thinking, leading, all the great things, which ultimately leads to an um, individual team and organisational success. And it certainly sounds like um, your organisation has really got that um, in, in, in spades, to be fair, listening to everything that you're saying. It's all about those conversations to um, unlock people to to be more I guess it's all about the being yeah. and, and that human being and you know this sounds this sounds absolutely phenomenal and uh, it's a it's a privilege to hear these stories so if you oh. did have one tip you obviously have shared to what other talent teams should be absolutely thinking about and how they should be considering serving their wider organization what if you just had one tip what would it be um, to other organizations to really embrace the future if you could narrow it down to one because you've said so many amazing points today Gosh, do you know that's going to be really hard actually for me to come up with one. So I may cheat a little bit, but I'll, I'll try and keep it succinct. Um, I would say, um, oh yeah, I would start with find the people that are curious and interested. So when you think about using, you know, sometimes coaching can be considered as something that's complex or you can typically hear, oh, we haven't got enough time for that. We can't do that. We just need our people to do and. Uh, directive you know works for us I would say follow the energy because people that are curious and interested in the approach at whatever level it is tap into that energy and really tune into those people as stakeholders and as sponsors uh, for, for the approach and if you can start with following the energy and almost trialing it for free even or you know asking some people to just give it a go and follow their curiosity it's those adventurous people that um, will help you uh, go on that journey, is what I would say. So building sort of a pool of people around you and trying to figure out within those people, who are your sponsors? Um, we, as a team, I would say internally have been extremely lucky to have just such a brilliant um, bunch of people that we work with on a daily basis. Um, for us, we... You know, I sometimes joke to say that we're really lucky to get paid for what we do because every day doesn't feel like work to us. It just feels like us fulfilling our duty. But that's really down to the people that we have around us supporting us every day. And that's taken time to build that. It hasn't happened overnight. Um, but we started with a positive intent um, and passion for what we do and then followed the energy. And that's what I would say. If I was to summarize it into one thing, it's about finding who are those people that are curious and are willing to give it a go and be adventurous with you and um, start small and it will grow. People will see the benefits, like you said, the benefits of coaching. Um, you know, I can't, I can't think of any disadvantages of it, actually. The benefits of it when done properly um, and, and with passion and commitment and with discipline um, are just huge for any one individual team or an organisational level. Um, so yeah, so I would say follow the energy, follow, find the people um, and, and work with them to make it happen. 
Oh, Indy, if you could see my face now, I am smiling from ear to ear because you can just so imagine how much you're talking with our language here at Coaching Culture. Um, but but you've, you've articulated it beautifully and uh, using word, language like follow the energy and, you know, find the people that are curious and, you know... That, I mean, I'm kind of thinking, crikey, you must have recruited brilliantly into Robert Walters. You've got the you've got the talent to be able to recruit, you know, to recruit the best talent to be in Robert Walters because it's what your skill sets are as a, as an organisation, you know. But you must, you know, having that the curious people, um, the employees that are willing to go with this, and that once you've got that, I think you you're already starting on the journey, aren't you? And uh, having the right people to have that open mind, that growth mindset, as you talked about earlier, makes so much of the difference. Yeah, completely. If it, if it wasn't going to work here, um, you know, we wouldn't have lasted as a team. And we sit actually separate. Well, I should have said this earlier. We sit separate from HR. Yeah. In terms. And quite deliberately, because we have to retain our impartiality in the work that we do, and that's really important, as well as the confidentiality attached to our work. Um, so for us as a team, to a certain extent, it's been even, um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's been challenging, but it's been a different opportunity to work through in terms of proving the, the offering and the service that we have that's separated out from HR. It's not part of, of that HR offering. Um, and, and so the only way in which we've done that is by taking people on that journey um, and, and testing it, starting small, testing it, tweaking it, listening, asking questions, co-creating it together, um, you know, being really, really strong business partners for the business as well. Um, and, and doing that together, I think the key word there is together with the business, not doing anything to the business has been really, really key to our success internally um, and gets me excited just sharing just being able to share the story uh you know if you'd asked me five years ago I, I wouldn't i wouldn't have thought this would have been our story but makes me really proud of what our team has achieved just in this amount of time i think it sounds amazing and i'd love to you know speak to you again actually further down the journey you know to continue to hear this progress because i you know you talking about following the energy you know i can i can feel your energy talking to you um you know the passion the energy is coming through loud and clear and you know i can i can only imagine that people would want to follow that so i can i can hear i can feel in your words how you know how infectious that is and therefore how that must um you know, filter through the organisation. So it sounds like there's a whole lot of credit to you and your team, to be fair. Is, is there anything else you'd like to share? One of my favourite coaching questions is, and what else? So anything else at all that you would love to share? Um, but I'm sure we'll be talking again at, at a later date to, to hear the continued journey of, of Robert Walters because this does sound phenomenal. Um, anything else at all before we, we finish off today's podcast? Um, so I, yeah, I'd probably just say thank you, actually. So thank you for giving us the opportunity uh, to share our story. Uh, as an organisation, I would say we're, we're very humble um, and something that we're, we're known for externally and internally. We don't really spend a lot of time uh, singing our praises and really um, you know, selling our, our internal successes externally. Um, and, and actually, this, this felt like the right time to share our story um, because I really think that there's an opportunity for other talent development teams to follow a similar approach and, and that's where my intent comes from actually this is less about celebrating our, our successes but if there's, 
is there's just one thing that people can take away from what I've shared in terms of our story today. That, for me, just goes back to why I'm so passionate about what we do. Um, so, yeah, so my anything else is just to say thank you. Thank you for giving us this opportunity. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. Oh, thank you, Indy. And absolutely no need to thank us. We've we've been captivated by this story, absolutely captivated and, and really quite inspirational. It probably doesn't do it justice, but, but it's truly inspirational. You've said some, you know, we could probably write a book on what you've just shared, to be fair, because it's textbook brilliance. And, you know, I think the more talent teams organizational development teams hear this story i think can really learn a lot from what you've shared and so it's been absolutely our pleasure and privilege to hear you today so thank you so much thank you thank you joe so if you have enjoyed today's podcast and i'm, I'm sure you have um, well please tune into the next now more than ever podcast because as we are saying and it is so very true coaching matters now more than ever before thank you mm-hmm.